Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, my name is Dan and this is Desert Island Dicks and today my guest is Archie Henderson, also known as Jazz Emu. He's a comedian, writer and musician and you should go and check out his videos on YouTube because they're really funny, which is confirmed by the fact that they've got lots of views and he has lots of subscribers. That's how the internet works, folks. You're welcome. Uh, If you'd like to see him in real life, IRL. He's doing shows in Edinburgh for the festival, so you can check him out if you're up there this August. And he's also doing shows elsewhere as well, which he mentions in this episode at the end. Um, I haven't got much to tell you about today. I've just been to my six-year-old sports day. Uh, is school today and I'm frankly overwhelmed by all the great sporting action on display. So uh, let's keep this short and sweet and just get on with the mother flipping podcast, shall we? It's Desert Island Dicks with Jazz Emu. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian, writer and musician Archie Henderson, also known as Jazz Emu. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on today. Um, originally, uh, we we reached out to you because uh, my friend James, who started this podcast, literally couldn't get one of your songs out of his head. And here we are. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> they're relentless sometimes. Yeah. No, they're really good. They're really good. I urge anyone who hasn't seen them to check them out because they're like real earworms, but um, very funny as well. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Now, um, as we were chatting a little bit just before we got started, it's a very hot day. You're roasting away in your studio there. I'm cooking. I'm slow cooking right now. Yeah. I'd make a good pulled pork yeah. in about an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah. Just be peeling bits of you off. Um, <laughs> in general, do you find it easy to have a little rant or are you kind of a bit more mild mannered sort of person? I'm not a very ranty person. Although I would say, that, you know, occasionally things do push me over the edge. Mm. It's usually if I've had a couple of beers, then I'll then I'll be kind of... Uh, yeah, pushed over the into the abyss, mm. and then you know my eyes go fully black like a shark, and I'm just ready to go. <laughs> but <laughs> otherwise, uh, no, no, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty easygoing. Not nothing that makes me go too crazy. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to find out your list. But was it was it easy compiling your your list of people? I think the list of people was relatively easy. Yeah, I did struggle a little bit with the song. Um, because I like music and I like, you know, I, I generally like most genres of music and I think I'm more forgiving uh, than I used to be hmm. of pretty much any genre of music. I'm better at seeing the value in it. So, um, but I did find one eventually. Okay, cool. Well, I'm intrigued to see who we're going to have on on the island with you. So let's just get, get straight into it. Who's going to be the first person joining you on the island? The first person joining join me is uh, Timothy Dalton. Okay. Absolute 
piece of work, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay. <laughs> this is this is as this is as intense as it's going to get. Uh, Timothy Dalton was is the fourth James Bond mm. for people that don't know. There was so there was Sean Connery, George Lesenby. George, Sean Connery did like six films, I think. George Lesenby did one film and was so bad that they had to bring Sean Connery back again. <laughs> then followed by Roger Moore after Sean did one more film, and then Timothy Dalton, and he just came and he tanked the whole franchise. He did two films. And most people will say, oh, George Lesenby is the, is the worst one. George Lesenby is the, is the worst Bond. He only did one film. The, the films grossed half what they usually gross with Jordan, George Lesenby. I take a stand against that. I like George Lesenby. I like his little frilly shirts. I like his wooden performance. <laughs> I, like, I like his total lack of charisma. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is the worst possible middle ground. You know, they, it was before they'd found Pierce Brosnan. They hadn't found this kind of smooth charming handsome one and they just they just completely botched it they completely they got this kind of middle of the road just Mm. nothingy (laughs) he did two films he got scared off from doing more because they tried to lock him into doing more and he said no i'm i'm not sure if i feel like doing it and they they didn't make any bond films for six years which is the longest Mm. break that it had in the whole history of it yeah so I I would credit him with almost tanking the whole franchise. Yeah, I sort of hadn't realised he'd just done two, actually. Mm. I mean, for me, I always thought that he was... Because I I would put him above Pierce Brosnan, I think, because I sort of felt like with Pierce Brosnan, they were kind of just going, you look like James Bond. Let's not worry about all the rest of it. Whereas I thought at least Dalton kind of had a bit of like, brought in a bit of a ruggedness to it. Interesting, yeah. Well, I think that was his, the brand he was trying to go for. You know, he was trying to do like a, a pre-Daniel Craig. Yeah. Ooh, maybe Bond should be a bit darker like he is in the books. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't pull it off. Yeah. You know, you just, he just goes around asking where, where the villains are, you know. Mm. He's like, where's, where's Colchez? Where's this person? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't have any ideas for himself. Yeah. I mean, there is one bit in one of the films where he manages to do a wheelie in a truck, which I think is impossible. <laughs> it's like, I mean, not that, I think that yeah. not the James Bond films are known for their realism, obviously. You know, but, but I think doing a wheelie yeah. in a truck. All right, truck. Credit, credit to him there. Yeah, he can break the laws of physics. That is the one allowance that I will make for him. Yeah. I think there was a sort of a, a, a weird muddy period with the Bond film, because I think also when you got into Pierce Brosnan, you started having invisible cars and they just sort of stretched it so far beyond the realms of, of what's possible. And I felt like yeah. maybe you could argue that Dalton was the start of that slide. I don't know, from the sort of classic Bond into that kind of thing. I think it was exactly, it was the beginning of the end. And to be honest, I think they, I mean, I was growing up with Pierce Brosnan mm. at the prime age for when invisible cars actually perfectly appealed to my mental sensibility (laughs) of things that I thought were amazingly cool and not cheap gimmicks. Mm. Um, So, you know, I'll forgive the Pierce Brosnan films for everything. Mm. I'll forgive them for the the terrible video game spinoffs that they made with the world's most wooden dialogue. Yeah. I was rewatching some cutscenes from Nightfire. I just went on a nostalgia trip. And I, because I used to play that the Nightfire video game, the PC game, and the dialogue in the cutscenes is completely mental. It's so weird. <laughs> They've like got these script writers in who are trying to do this like sexy dialogue with <laughs> between uh, between James Bond and this 
this like CIA agent, Agent Nightshade, I think she's called. And there's this bit she's wearing like a sexy dress. And he's like, uh, is that is that dress standard company issue, Nightshade? <laughs> and she's like, don't get any ideas. It's armored in all the right places. <laughs> and it's like everything is delivered with this like... <laughs> like it's an innuendo but not an innuendo at all yeah if i was wearing an armored dress i'd want all of it to be armored that like my whole body would be all the right places for an armored piece of clothing you you would hope it would yeah the right place is you know your heart and yeah your internal organs generally not um whatever she was suggesting i don't know well you're going to be working with james bond so we'll put extra enforcements around the breasts and the groin area because we know what he's like so uh, you will be safe from his advances i guess that's what they meant probably <laughs> which is also quite weird um yeah it's, it's like the bond franchise is strange in, in a way because i sort of feel like it's so highly re- revered amongst so many people but i don't know if there's that many mm. films that are that good you know it's like it's almost like a, a tradition like with christmas you know you'll eat things you don't you wouldn't eat the rest of the year round but you're like oh you've got to have these on christmas and it feels a bit like that with james bond like some of them are quite good films but a, yeah. a lot of them are sort of six out of tens i don't know you've got to respect just the relentless churn i think that is it it's like hmm. they just you know it's qu- quantity over quality they they're one of the few franchises that has just pull, pulled that off and they're i don't know they're i think they're really mm. fun but they are if you analyze them as films they are objectively bad mostly yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's maybe like four or five that pop their head above the <laughs> good uh threshold there yeah timothy dalton though he's done so i mean he obviously he did those two james bond films flash gordon that's about all i can think of with him really and Hot Fuzz, where he has a cameo. Of course, yes, he does that. So he sort of pops up in little bits and pieces here and there. I wonder, like, on the island, would he just be sort of overbearingly kind of just telling you loads of stories about how he was an underrated James Bond and all these sort of things? Do you know what I mean? I, can, I wonder if it cuts deep with him. I think he'd just be a bummer, yeah. He'd be like, I feel like he's above James Bond, you know, be saying like, oh, I, I got out of the good time, you know, it was... It was uh, it was failing, and it would have failed even more. Mm. I think he'd be kind of smug about it. Daniel Craig goes so much to my performance. They didn't use proper, <laughs> didn't do proper punches before before I came in. It was all just judo chops, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. well he's going to be first with you on the island, and let's see who's going to be joining him. Uh, who's who's your next guest on the island? My second selection is uh, maybe a more obviously odious person, which is Richard Dawkins. Okay, yeah, I think there's you know there's a lot. Of there's a phrase go, goes around, isn't there? It's like someone's got a punchable face. I think he's got just much worse than that. <clears throat> he's got like a he's got like a, a squeezable face. You want to like pluck his nose, you want to mm. like pull his nose, like a like a squeezy doll. Yeah, something about it. He just looks villainous to me. He has the sort of air of someone who would write his neighbours a lot of angry letters. Oh, yeah, for sure. Their begonias are encroaching on his driveway. Yeah. As per my previous correspondence, I must remind you, uh, Bin Day is actually Tuesdays, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a weird character, isn't he? He's, He's sort of... One of those people who... Creeps me out. Yeah, he's kind of one of those people you kind of think, I know that this is important to you, but the subject of atheism is kind of swallowing up your whole life until you're basically, you know, like an evangelical atheist. You're basically in the same camp as as someone who's like a rabid religious fanatic, you know? For sure, yeah. He's kind of had this crazy rise and fall, hasn't he? 
in terms of the way he's perceived by the cultural zeitgeist, I think. He was at his height maybe when I was at the perfectly um, <laughs> malleable teenage boy kind of era where I started to take every book that he read as gospel and it made me really vitriolic against uh, religion and you know all these all these lines that he was pushing in his books and uh, I think it really appeals to that kind of teenage boy sensibility where you just want everything to be uh, hard and fast rules uh, and he's somehow got stuck that into his into his older age as well mm. uh and i yeah i think you're right it's like fanaticism it's kind of it's kind of terrifying i went i was i was a teacher for a bit and i went to see him do uh it was like a conference for students lots of different schools came and he was doing a talk at this at this uh conference thing somewhere in london for all these sixth form students and they uh and uh he was so unbelievably cruel to a bunch of teenagers <laughs> which maybe so you know what did he do people asking just very like valid um religious questions but you know in my uh, one of one of the students was muslim and she was asking you know kind of a specific question about um how his views related to her faith and he was you know kind of turned it around was like you idiot how could you possibly think that you know he was doing this kind of teenage boy rhetoric mm. And I just, that was the moment where I was like, oh, you're just a genuinely cruel, bad person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so easy to sort of say how much crazy stuff has been done in the name of religion and obviously still continues to be done today. And, you know, you look at stuff like in America, what's going on and so much is sort of driven by extreme religious views and yeah. that sort of thing. But then also, you know, like, you know, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. I also know religious people. I went to a funeral recently and I was thinking, do you know what? If I was religious, this would definitely give me a lot of comfort right now. Like, I, you know, I could definitely see why mm. this is making this tragic loss. And it was a very tragic loss for the people involved. You know, like, they have that to cling on to, and that's a really amazing thing. So like, I'm not going to have to walk yeah. around and be like, oh, do you really believe some man in a beard and a long white robe is looking after the deceased? Come on, wake up. It's like, just fuck it. Like, yeah. they're getting something it's tempting. It. It's tempting to suck the joy out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it makes so little difference to me. That's why I find it so mad, because he's so he goes so hard down this, this uh, rational logic line but as soon as you contemplate it like the way you just described there which is like this is providing a very rational comfort uh you know even if it's whether regardless of whether it's whether it's objectively true or not it actually you know is um providing emotional comfort for these people and that mm. in itself is a real thing um and i don't know i just feel like you have to be so cold not to be able to see that yeah it's kind of terrifying yeah yeah and he's definitely on the island going to be this he's he's never going to shut up is he he's always like everything is going to turn into a long-winded argument until oh. you know when you go i'm not debating this we need more palm fronds on the roof of our shelter to protect us it's like well i think historically if you go back to the formation of the shelter yeah actually a problematic the palm fronds yeah <laughs> i think uh also, he <laughs> I saw a picture of him um, playing a electronic sax, which I didn't even <laughs> realise he did. Wow. And that's an instrument that I play in my act. And I was like, he just, he'll take anything from me. <laughs> he'll ruin anything he gets his hands on. <laughs> just imagine Richard Dawkins demanding to play you musical instruments, playing you the e -wee. 
over dinner on the island is just that's just hell to me <laughs> just imagine him doing like an hour of, of sort of dismantling religious topics uh and beliefs and practices but then uh but at the end there will be some light entertainment when i <laughs> regale you with the work yeah. of kenny g maybe he's just kind of yeah alternating just crushing logical insights and beautiful haunting <laughs> sax solos oh man do so you think does he do concerts or anything does he do recitals or, or shows or anything because i don't know this picture i saw of him was at what was it at dawkins playing the iwi in rehearsal for the new director's showcase i don't even know what that is he oh, obviously wow. he's wearing a hawaiian shirt he's obviously like oh i'm i'm doing my fun side today <laughs> You know, he's getting his wacky shirt on. He's going to play a sax solo. Wow. They need to give it a better name than yeah. an Iwi as well. That's that's not the best name for that instrument. Iwi. Yeah. Iwi, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I think so far you've got the makings of quite an irritating place to spend the rest of your life. Um, it, a lot could hinge on who the final piece of the puzzle is. Who's the third person joining you? My third selection is David Attenborough. Oh, now... Yeah. I mean, just the most overrated national treasure that has ever been treasured by this nation. Okay, wow, wow. Okay, so I think he has been chosen in the past, but the person mm. choosing him was like, look, I know this is controversial. It's more about having to deal with an old man, having to look after a very old, like, treasured figure. But you, you genuinely don't like him, so this is interesting. I think he's disgusting. I think he's a... <laughs> disgusting piece of work and I don't want him anywhere near me I would actually feel sorry for Richard Dawkins to have to spend time with him wow okay right yeah. what, what's your rationale for this because I'm I've got I've got to lay my cards on the table like most people I'm very fond of Richard uh, of David Attenborough sorry no I've had enough I've had enough I think he wangs on for too long I think he loves the sound of his own voice and he's pushing his liberal environmental agenda onto, <laughs> onto the nation over and over again. And I've had enough of it. And I just know that he would just be wanging on, showing me all these plants. Oh, saying, oh, we've got to protect them. Oh, oh the sea level's rising. Oh, we're going to get drowned on the island. Oh, no, thanks. So, but, so you, don't, you don't believe in his environmental stance then? No, I do. I just don't like him saying it specifically. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's more a sort of, it's more like a give us the sort of programs about animals we used to have without the sort of conscious stuff in it. Yeah, I don't mind the conscious stuff. I just uh, can't stand the sound of his voice, his okay. crusty old white man voice, just telling me all this stuff. Oh, I don't. I mean, I'm quite. It's it's difficult for me to. I mean, previously, like I say, when I've had to go in on on David Attenborough, I've been able mm. to kind of go from the the the, you know, the point of view of like obviously it would be difficult having like an elderly man to look after on the island. He couldn't do mm. much. But oh yeah, that too. He's too old. He's too old. Yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. about what ninety six or something now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's ninety seven. Yeah, he's, he's just you know. He's going to need way too much support. Yeah, yeah. But wouldn't it be interesting for him to explain all the stuff on the island with you and like look under a rock? Oh, what's that? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not interested. Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I've, I feel like I've seen enough. Right. Wow. Do you do you get in arguments about this a lot? I mean, this must be a bone of contention for a lot of people. Yeah, I bring up 
I make my housemates watch the documentaries with me so that I can t- shout over them about how much <laughs> I dislike David Attenborough. I scream along with it. Yeah. Anytime his face pops up. There's nothing worse than hating someone who everybody else universally like. Like I used to, for some reason when I was young, I don't have it at all anymore. I remember when I was like a teenager, I used to hate Tom Hanks and no one could (laughs) understand why. And I was like, but it's fucking Tom Hanks. And now, you know, I I, like most people. What was it about Tom Hanks? I have no idea. I just found him incredibly annoying. Like, mm. I, I don't know what it was. And every time there's a film I was looking forward to, I'm like, oh, but it's got Tom Hanks in it, you know, know, but no one could ever understand what it was. And you I, can I see hate it in their eyes, of- I think. They they know that they're national treasures. I think that's the mm. problem. There's like a, there's yeah. a smugness there. Oh, I've, <laughs> I've shaken hands with the queen. I've, get, I've been tapped on the shoulder, yeah. So smug. Because I think most people like David Attenborough more than the queen. Like, the queen is quite mm. a partisan thing. You know, a lot of people like at best indifferent, or some people are really upset, some people actively hate the monarchy. David Attenborough, I think, apart from you, most, I think there are more people like David Attenborough than like the royal family, I think is a fair thing. So, oh, wow. So, I mean, for him to, for you to be stuck with him and you're the one person, because, I mean, Timothy Dalton and uh, Richard Dawkins are probably going to get on famously with him as well. I mean, obviously, Richard Dawkins, you know, they've got all the evolution to talk about. Yeah, that I'm... I mean, presumably they'll admire him. You know, a bad egg knows a bad egg. They'll all be getting on really well. <laughs> I'll be building my own camp on the side. Interesting. Apparently he's quite, um, I've heard that he's quite a, um, in real life is sort of a bit cheeky to the point of being slightly inappropriate at times, David Attenborough. So maybe you'd really see that size. Great. This is all grist to my mill. Yeah, cancel him, cancel him. <laughs> There's going to be something that comes out. I guarantee it. I've, it's been my life life's work to expose anything. <laughs> I've been ana- I've been analysing those documentaries like a conspiracy theorist. You know, I'm pulling the I'm pulling the clips <laughs> together. He's going down. <laughs> okay, well, it's not my island. It's your island, Thank and you. uh, he you. goes with you to the island. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, Archie, we're going to move on from people now because mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink oh, left thank over. God. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favourite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? My least favourite food, firstly, is a summer pudding, which is a dish that I've only eaten once in my entire life. And it was so bad that it made me wretch and run out of the room and I've sworn to never ever touch it again yeah I, i'd forgotten all about these but am i right in thinking it contains bread it's a bread based pudding yeah and you know bread obviously is amazing everyone agrees that bread is amazing bread when it's tainted by liquid is the least appetizing food in the world and it's it, this pudding is like mm. a loaf of bread smushed up or mushed up soaked in berry juice overnight to the point where it has no consistency at all it's just like slug trail very very sweet and sickly with all these like mushy berries in and it just there's something about textureless food that just it Hmm. freaks me out makes me sprint out the room it feels like one of those things where you know in the old days we needed to use up what we had. I mean, we still need to use what we have, but it was, we didn't maybe have the range of things we have now. So it's like, oh, what are we going to encase this pudding in? 
Yeah, some bread. That's that's right. But then it's full of you know lovely summer berries and things. So it just feels like just having a bowl of that with some cream on or some ice cream so would much be nicer. perfect. Or like setting yeah. it into like some kind of jelly or something if you need to really need to keep it together and, yeah. and carve it into slices. I don't know. Or like or even. I was going to say even like a, a sponge or something, but then you'd still get that soaking in thing. I don't really know what the point of it is. It's such a weird thing. It's the most depressing figurehead for our country of like, this is our traditional pudding, a Victorian pudding. Now you say mm. it's like using up using up stuff, stuff from the cupboard. It's kind of uh, really monastic pudding that no one needs to eat anymore. You know, we get like, you can get nice fresh berries with a crunch from the supermarket. Why are we mushing them into soft squidgy bread? Yeah. Yeah. I just don't feel that, you know, I think use up what you have in the cupboard, but don't, don't use it if it's going to be to the detriment of all the other ingredients, you know, like don't (laughs) encase them in a prison of bread because I've got, I've got a lovely bowl of strawberries and raspberries here. So why am I? Why is it, why is it like being soaked up with like with mighty white? Because I think it's white bread as well. You got to use like quite shit white bread for it. I think. Yeah. Because like, wholemeal would be There's even also more nice insane. ways to use that. Yeah, w- that would be even worse with the with the lumps in it. Because there's good ways you can use up bread as yeah. well. You know, it's not like there aren't nice ways to get get your breadcrumbs and. You know, make a Kiev or whatever you want. Make some goujons. There's there's good ways to do it. Get them crispy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know who's wanting a slice of summer pudding when, yeah, just scoop out the insides, bit of whipped cream, delicious, you yeah. know. Smash some meringues. You've got an eaten mess. Easy. Yeah. Done. Okay. Well, what are you going to wash down your summer pudding with then? I'm sadly washing it down with fizzy water, which I know I think is probably mm. quite controversial. Uh I just think I can't understand why people prefer it to still water ever. Yeah. Just the, the metallic flavor, the kind of spiky texture of it on your tongue. It doesn't sit right with me. And if that, if the stream on the Island was soda water, I would be <laughs> devastated. A carbonated natural spring. Carbonated. <laughs> yeah. What would I'm, be the odds of that? <laughs> I'm firmly on board with you uh, with this. I hate nice. sparkling water and, I think maybe there's something about us, like, you know, you hear people sort of say, for some people, coriander is a really strong taste and it's like soapy and weird and I really like it and it's still a strong taste, but for some people it's just like kryptonite. And I think I say to people who like sparkling water, look, I don't mind the idea of water that has bubbles, but it doesn't taste like water. It has a such a strong taste. Yeah. And I think maybe some people just... Yeah, they don't get that. You know, it's like the the gas flavor or something. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe we're just highly sensitive, just delicate flowers. Yeah. My wife <laughs> switched over to it in like a few years ago and she'd previously been quite vocal about how she didn't like it at all. And then I remember her, I was like, you've bought fizzy water by Mr. Why have you got this? She's like, oh no, I like it now. And it was like, what the fuck? Like we've been together for- to the dark side. Yeah, we'd been yeah. together for about 12 years by that point. And I was like- what, what else are you not telling me? This is, I mean, it was such a big change of <laughs> character. a relationship on its head, yeah. Yeah, because it's I such know, a... You question everything about them. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you know, I didn't used to like those olives, but now I do. You know, that's okay. But, like, that's quite a big shift, I think, from not liking it to being into it. I had a, I had a housemate who would say after, you know, we'd have dinner, 
And then she'd say, oh, should we have, have a sweet treat? I'd be like, yeah, that's nice. And she would get fizzy water out of the fridge. And that would be it. And I was like, what, <laughs> what level of sweet treat are you working on? This is the most depressing treat I've ever heard of in my life. That's mad. That's... She was like, oh, no, it's so, it's so tangy. It's so, so sweet. That's insane. I mean, is, was she like a some kind of fitness influencer who wasn't allowed any calories or something? And... <laughs> it does. It does have almond mom energy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just have a little sweet treat. Yeah, just just to take the edge off. That's that's insane. I mean, that's so calorieless soda water. Yeah, that's like puritanical, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> like... It is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically enjoying yeah, she... bubbles. That's it. Yeah, bubbles. Uh... It's exciting if, you know, mm. I understand that. I'm not against bubbles as a concept. No, I mean, bubbles in most forms make things more fun. It's a childish thing, but they're like, oh, bubbles, right, okay, I'm with this. But the yeah. water, I just think water is so perfect on its own. Yeah, no notes. No notes for still water. Mm. And you can't you can't yeah. chug it either, like fizzy water, you know, because you've got because of the fizz, it gets you in the throat. So if you're really mm. thirsty on the island and you don't really like the fizzy water, you can't even just knock it back quickly because it's too fizzy and sharp yeah. to just get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's cruel. <laughs> it's a torture of a drink. Also, I think it's one of those things that because it's sort of seen as sophisticated, I think there's like an uh, a bit of a bit of an, an implicit kind of dig at you if you don't like it it's like oh should we get some water yeah is everyone sparkling 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 oh i don't like fizzy it's like oh right you don't like fizzy water it's a bit like you don't get it you know you're a, you're a simpleton or something you know yeah it's definitely but i feel like that's what the the fizzy water brands have capitalized on that right yeah you, know, they you get the the san pellegrino and they've they're kind of acting like oh an italian would drink this so <laughs> Therefore, it's, it's therefore must be classy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, in the 80s, Perio was a big thing and you get those little glass bottles true, of yeah, it and Perrier. that was the thing. I don't know what's happened yeah. to them. They seem to be like falling out of favour slightly. But um, yeah. <laughs> okay, fizzy water is your drink choice. Now, Archie, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? My least favourite film of all time, and I think you're going to agree with me on this, unless you've changed your changed your mind since childhood, is Forrest Gump. Yeah. Starring Tom Hanks. Mm. Forrest Gump is such an annoying film. I actually love Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks in Big, one mm. of my favourite films of all time. It's just, it's just dire. It's like weird cartoon nationalism <laughs> for the year, <laughs> which is the most insidious type of, of US nationalism, yeah. where they have this kind of blank-faced everyman going through all these really intensely horrible political scenarios and be like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's fine. And then, uh, yeah, and winning the go in the end is just was mad. Yeah. Mad film. Yeah, I mean, I should say, I don't I don't have an issue with Tom Hanks these days, but I, I remember mm. watching Forrest Gump once. I just think it's the sort of film you watch once and you see what it's about. And I can't imagine ever wanting to watch it again. You watch it, you go, yeah, it's fine. Oh, there's a bit about the chocolates. Okay. Oh, that bit's a bit sad. Yeah. This bit's a bit funny. Uh, you know, it's just... <sighs> and then and then I guess there's enough kind of memes and references to it throughout 
popular culture that you never need to see it again. But if you were really, in, I don't mm. know, it was just, I, it's quite long and slow and up and down, and I wouldn't want to keep watching yeah, it for sure. It feels like a it feels like a film that's been written to be memeified before memes existed. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Yeah, it was like they've they've written it every scene to be like, oh, what's going to be the quotable line in this scene? It's very like, tactical. Yeah. Yeah, I, I sort of see a point about it, like the nationalism thing about it. it's almost like put out for morale. You're like, yeah, this is a great country. Mm. You know what? Yeah, yeah, anyone can. We're doing well. Yeah, anyone can do anything in this great country. Look look what Forrest Gump did. <laughs> yeah. He was good at ping pong and shrimp fishing. I mean, who can say that? He can be good at everything if you put in zero effort <laughs> and just get randomly validated at various points in your life and just drift through uh the terrible things that your country makes you do yeah if you just greet it with a smile i think also it's sort of more sad that because he's just this kind of guy who just goes along with things and doesn't always understand everything that's happening it just makes everything a bit more depressing when bad things happen because he's mm-hmm. like oh poor forest he doesn't understand he's just like a happy dog who just goes along with things and you know yeah. i think it's quite bleak in lots of ways you know but you remember like oh forest gump it's always happy but it's like as you say he just goes through loads of bleak difficult things and but because he kind of comes out on top and just never stops going and like he'll always stick up for his friends it's like oh lovely forest gump and actually it's just this is horrible <laughs> <laughs> he's just being bludgeoned at every turn and uh and he's completely relentless he's like the terminator like he doesn't stop mm. you know he's like obsessed with uh, jenny his girlfriend mm. and she you know turns him down on various occasions he's like nope I will have this woman. Uh, and it's <laughs> just like so it's unbelievably intense as a human. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that would just be a boring film to watch again and again. I think it'll get even more cloying and sickly and you're going to find even more stuff wrong with it that you hate over time. So, yeah, I think it's fair. Uh, what would your song choice be? I had to think about this because, like I said, I, I like lots of songs and I actually... This was a tr- this was a tough one because there are bits of this song that I do like, but I th- but I think it's so unbelievably overrated, and I think it's insane that it's played at the end of every single club night <laughs> in the UK at closing time. The song is "Mr. Brightside" by The Killers. Yeah, and the reason I take issue with it is that it has one note the whole way through the first verse, and he's just singing one note. And I just think the laziness of that songwriting, just pathetic. It doesn't change. Go and, if you go back and listen to it, it's just relentless. It's like he's, it's like he's half rapping, half singing, but I just, just lazy to me. Yeah, I was just going through it in my head, and it is that yeah, very one yeah. note. I've never been a big fan of it, and it's one of those, like, you'd be in a club or something and just watch people going absolutely mental, and it's like, it's not like there aren't quite a lot of songs that are quite a lot like it. You know, and I know that's a bit reductive. You can say that about a lot of things, but for it to sort of be on such a pedestal compared to a lot of music that came around it, I find odd. I was at a wedding once, and, and the, the DJ is one of those sort of wedding DJs that talks a bit as well, you know, in between songs. Yeah. And there weren't that many people on the dance floor because it was a nice evening and people wanted to be outside and stuff. And he's obviously trying to get the crowd going, and he put on Mr. Brightside, and he got the microphone and went, Ladies and gentlemen, the killers. And you're like, 
they're not here, man. <laughs> you know, you're trying to trick people it's onto nice them. for them to get hyped up, though. Yeah, but it's just you know, it always. <laughs> I always think about it every time the, the song comes on. You're trying to trick us into thinking the band have turned up for this. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's. I've heard it too much, and I didn't really like it an awful lot to start with. Yeah, I think there's something a bit. There's something a bit uncanny about it actually. When I was just thinking about, you know, when you're in the crowd and people are screaming along with it, mm. and there's like this kind of rage and passion that it brings out in people from the UK for some reason because I, I saw someone talking about this online they were like has anyone does anyone in the US care about this song because the killers are an American band like is anyone does anyone interested and it's like complete completely unproven it's it's uh, a thing that this nation specifically has a lot of passion for mm-hmm. and I think it's like bringing out something there's something in the like um, the psyche of our country that makes people want to very passionately scream about mm. a relationship breaking down and yeah. jealousy and turning snakes into the sea. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, because at the end of the night, it's like some people will be disappointed and upset. Some people will be mm. really upbeat. Some people will just be a bit angry. Some people are sort of ecstatic. And I suppose it does have all those things. It's kind of like kind of a bit angry, but... Oh, you know, it has the positive side. It's got the sort of synths yeah. that sound a bit like it strings. feels. It feels positive, yeah. But you can shout at it. You can shout along with it, and it's I'm awful. Yeah, you can scream it in your friend's face. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's maybe definitely that's got. Why. It's definitely got a catharsis to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's maybe it's yeah. cleverer than I thought, but damn it, <laughs> it would annoy me if I. I mean, just I'm having... taking it. I'm taking it out. Taking it out. <laughs> I've got to choose something else. It's too good. But imagine <laughs> being on the island and having a song that's that upbeat. You know, you, you go, okay, come on, come on, David, oh, let's yeah. put a song on. And it's just, it's a bit too big. Richard's playing along with his Ewe. <laughs> <laughs> What's the. Do I have. Does it. Do we have to listen to it every day or is it just like. Is no, it's up just, to you. It's just, just playing whenever you want it. Just yeah. whenever you want, you can put it on, but that's all you can put on. So probably yeah. you would reach for it eventually. And you might go, I want, you know, you might sort of go, oh, actually, I've been wrong about this. It's a banger. And then you just hear it too much and you'd hate it again. <laughs> I think it's the thing that would push us over the edge in the end. Like it was, the, it's the thing that would take us to Lord of the Flies. Mm. We'd, we'd be doing some kind of cult ritual. Richard, Richard would, would have lured us into some full atheist cult <laughs> he would have gone full circle round back the horseshoe to becoming a religious fanatic from some religion he's invented yeah and we'd be dancing to that song around the fire <laughs> and it, and uh, we'd all kill timothy <laughs> well i mean you've got you've got a plan and that's important so I, I think you might be okay yeah. well we're nearly done but finally the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals which animal is it and why this is an easy one for me, and I reckon it's one that people have probably said before. And uh, my answer is cats. It's a popular choice. Yeah, I really, really despise cats on a very, very, very primal level, <laughs> and I can't. <laughs> and I actually can't explain why. Okay. I think the the main reason is that I'm allergic to them. Okay. And I liked them in, up until the point when I realised I was allergic, and then it all turned <laughs> when I realised that they were like harbingers of doom for me. Um, and then everything I've like now framed every, everything I know about them through that lens, you know, anytime I see them do anything, even if I see them do something that I, I, that looks cute to other people, my narrative is that they're trying to be cute to get something out of you. Yeah. I've like completely rewritten their story. 
<laughs> I don't I, trust them. I think it makes sense if you dislike. Uh, I mean, if, if a creature has something that you know it can harm you without even trying, I can understand why you dislike it. And especially being stuck with them <laughs> on the island, you know, even if you're outdoors yeah. most of the time, there's still enough of them to make you feel ill a lot. Um, yeah, it's weird for an animal to be as loved and hated as a as a, as cats yeah. are. I mean, because they come up on here a lot. People really. Yeah. To dislike them but um, them. yeah it's true yeah it's, it seems like it's the most divisive animal in a way it's like mm. you know there are other animals that everyone would say okay oh, i don't like them you know a wasp it's like on who who like if you're mental to say your favorite animal is a wasp <laughs> <laughs> it's like but you know we can all agree on those there's something about a cat where it's like it sits in that weird gray area of yeah. like it's got the cute fluffy it's cute and fluffy it's kind of playful but the way it plays is not, it's like a bully, the mm. way a bully plays with you in the playground as a kid. You know, it's like, yeah. it's taunting you, it's pushing you around. I mean, they they are mad creatures. I have a cat and what I just find so fascinating about cats is how much they hate cats. You know, it's like, apart from humans, I mean, maybe human, humans are probably the best example of an animal that really doesn't like the rest of its species that much. But I think there's more examples of our capacity for love and helping and altruism than with a cat, which is basically like even their siblings or their parents or like, or their, you know, or their offspring are like, fuck you all the time. It's such a weird Get thing. fuck out of my way. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, we've, the place I've just moved to, we got, we've got a little garden in the back and there's obviously like, five of our neighbors have cats and they choose our garden to have this kind of insane standoff where they're all just like prowling a little section of the wall and if anyone any, any of them moves they like they all rotate around which which part of the wall they're just like yeah, yeah. very strange creatures terrifying terrifying creatures. <laughs> well look you have put together a good selection of people and things some of it very controversial, but all of it your choice, and uh, it's going to make you very uncomfortable. So in that respect, you have succeeded admirably. So well done, and thank you, Archie, for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. Um, tell everyone what you're up to at the minute. Obviously, you've got loads of work online that people can check out, and uh, what, what shows and stuff have you got coming up? Yeah, I'm doing some shows uh, in Edinburgh. If anyone's coming to Edinburgh, I'm doing two shows, um, one called You Shouldn't Have, which was my show from last year, I'm doing for 10 days and one called Pleasure Garden, which is a live show with a band uh, and some guests. And that's going to be like a late night show um, at Assembly in Edinburgh. It's really fun. And if you're not in Edinburgh, please come in London on November the 15th to the Pleasure Garden. Lovely. In Clap at the Clapham Grand. Yeah. Perfect. Nice one. Well, thank you again so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today. It's been really fun, mate. Thanks for having me. <laughs> So there you go, another Desert Island Dicks done and dusted for you there. And we will be back with more content very soon, because that's how we roll. If there's anyone that you would particularly like to see on Desert Island Dicks, or here rather, then do let us know. You can get in touch with us on our Twitter and Instagram pages, at DicksPod. And you can tell us if there's anyone that you think we should be interviewing that we're not, then let us know, and we'll try and get them on, because we aim to please. Um, that's about it for today. Obviously, it's lovely if you could give us a rating and subscribe. Those kind of things always help us a great deal. So please do a bit of that. And what else? Well, I'll just 
leave by saying that Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production. It was created and produced by James Deacon, produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. Occasional editing support comes from Chris Attaway and ongoing support as ever. A big shout out to John Deacon for being a nice guy. I don't know why I said it in that way, which makes it sound sarcastic. He is a nice guy. I just said it in a funny way. Um, Talking isn't my strong point today, so I'm going to stop. But we'll be back soon. Uh, with another episode of Desert Island Dicks, and that's it for now. Bye-bye.